Welcome to Stories from the Heart. I'm your host, Sandra McDevitt. Today on Stories from the Heart, part one of the story of a father who finds out he is the brother of the Pope. Now he thinks her too good to marry a commoner since she is the niece of the Pope, and he cancels the wedding. Stay tuned for part one of our story, The Pope's Niece, on another Stories from the Heart. The Pope's Niece Hello, Master Fournier. Hello, I say. And the speaker knocked repeatedly on the door of the bakery. The man carried on his back a large sack, the weight of which seemed too much for his strength. After some moments, he knocked louder and louder, his impatience seemingly to increase in proportion to his delay, until the door shook beneath his heavy blows. By the king, cried someone inside, you must have more patience, and leave me to put on my jacket. Ah, it's you, Gerard. What the devil has gotten into you this morning? Why do you come and make such a fuss at my door? Well, there's twelve measures of flour that I owe the Benedictines. I'll come back for my loaves, but this time tomorrow, replied Gerard. Oh, not so fast, for this day at least... My oven shall remain cold, and your flour unbaked. Why so? Have you lost your senses, or do you forget today is Saturday, a working day? And now, look at you. You're all decked out. What's in the wind? Oh, what's in the wind, you say? Why, just this, friend, that today is the 7th of April, in the year of our Lord, 1324, and I'm marrying off my daughter Blanche. So that's what it is. And that is why my oven shall remain cold, and your flour kept as it is. So I must take my load to your brother baker at the other end of town? Just as you please, rejoined the baker. To the devil with you, retorted Gerard as he left the shop. And may Lucifer cross your fine wedding for today. Heaven forbid, cried Master Fournier as he hastily closed the door. When left once more to himself, he began to think of getting ready. He had already put on his fine new jacket of brown cloth. He had taken from a trunk a mantle of gray cloth, carefully folded, the sleeves of which were narrow and very short, for it belonged only to the gentlefolk to wear large hanging sleeves, and was just about to don it when Guillaumet, his wife, descended the stairs with a heavy step and entered the shop. She also was dressed, and her new gear was nothing behind that of her husband. A long robe of green serge covered her whole round figure. Truth to tell, Guillemette was a comely woman, notwithstanding her half-century, and on that day she looked so joyous that she might well have passed for being ten years younger. On the day of her daughter's marriage, a mother is apt to feel her youth renewed, for it brings back a vivid recollection of the day when she also saw her mother dress up fine to share in her happiness. Why, holy St. Guillemette, are you not ready, Master Claude? What in the world are you thinking of? 
One must take their time, replied the baker, and a new suit is not so easy to put on as an old one. Come and help me, Guillemette. She laid hold of his arm with a suppressed murmur, and when she had finished, Master Claude set jauntily on his head a new cap of gray felt, and then drew himself up before his worthy helpmate with an air which seemed to say, How do you like me now? A smile of approval was Guillemette's answer. There will be somebody missing today, said Master Claude, somebody who would have taken the first place after myself in the ceremony. And who is that? asked Guillemette. A brother of mine, my elder brother, the same of whom I have spoken to you, but whom you never saw. And where is he now? Oh, God only knows. James, that was his name, left the house at the age of sixteen to become a monk, leaving me the sole heir of the bakery, which has given our family a living for a full two hundred years. And did you never hear anything of him since? Not so much as a word. The day he left us, our honored father, God rest his soul, asked him if we should not soon hear from him and whether he would not send us some message. Well, do you know what he said? No, perhaps never. No, no, not that. But it was nearly the same thing, and he said, Yes, when I am Pope. And from that day to this, we never knew what became of him. But one thing is sure enough, that he has not gotten to be Pope. May the saints protect him at any rate. That is what I wish from my heart. But it is my opinion we shall never hear anything of him. Well, well, we've only to think of our daughter. Is Blanche dressed? Why, surely you do not think we neglected that between us, too. Blanche is all ready, and I left her above saying prayers. And I think she is finished by this time. Having reached the presence of her parents, Blanche knelt piously, and they extended their hands over her head, her father saying with a touching solemnity, May God and the Holy Virgin guide and protect thee through this world, my daughter. And may they bless thee, Blanche, as I bless thee, said her mother with tearful eyes. Someone then knocked at the door, and Master Claude hastened to open it, and in came a youth of some twenty years. It was Germain, the intended bridegroom. After a little he began to grow impatient, and thought it was time to get to the church. By St. Germain, my blessed patron, said he, this is the happiest day I have ever seen. But what are we waiting for? Here is my sweet Blanche dressed so prettily, and Mother Guillemette looking as though she were her older sister. Come along, it's surely time. Fair and easy, my boy, said Claude. Time is swiftling on, and the first mass bell will soon ring. Blanche, trembling with emotion, leaned on her father's arm. Germain laid hold of Guillemette's hand, and they were all advancing to the door when a monk appeared, demanding to speak with Master Claude Fournier. "'What does your reverence want of me?' he respectfully asked. "'I come with tidings from your brother, Master.' Claude opened his eyes wide. "'Tidings of my brother?' he slowly repeated. "'Say you true, Father. Do you mock me?' Tottings of my brother, of James Fournier? Of your brother, James Fournier, repeated the monk. Oh, but, stammered the poor baker, 
almost beside himself. Then he has not kept his promise. He was to send us no message until or unless he became Pope. But he has kept his promise. By St. Claude, what does you say, Sir Monk? James Fournier, my brother, could he be? He is Pope under the name of Benedict Twelfth. On the death of John Twenty Second, the assembled cardinals elected Cardinal Blanco. He who bore that name is no other than your brother. Pope, cried Master Claude, utterly confounded. Pope Benedict Twelfth, Cardinal Blanco? My brother James, am I not mad? No, Master, you are not mad. And if you wish to make sure of the truth of my words, the papal palace is at Avignon. I have done my errands, and now God be with you. So saying, he quit the house, leaving the four persons who remained inside standing in mute astonishment. Master Claude was the first to recover the use of his tongue. And so I am the Pope's brother, he exclaimed, suddenly drawing himself up with a comical assumption of dignity. And my wife is the Pope's sister-in-law, and my daughter the Pope's niece. Whereupon he began jumping about. Come, come, Master Claude, said his wife. Moderate your joy, or you'll have your fine new jacket torn to pieces. Heaven and earth, but you are ready with your advice, replied the baker. Don't you know very well that it was a low day with me when I married you? One like me, indeed, cried Guillaumet. A tanner's daughter, continued Master Claude contemptuously. And good enough I was for a baker's son. The Pope's brother, if you please, Guillaumet, who sets very little store by a vile jacket of brown cloth. The brother of the Pope, whose sister-in-law you are now, thanks to my wise marriage. The angry Guillaumet was about to make a sharp retort, but Tremaine interposed, suggesting to her that joy had turned the poor baker's head. The matron then took the wiser part of laughing at the whole affair, and even begged Master Claude to be calm. "'I can conceive what your joy must be,' said Germain, in his turn, addressing the baker. "'But this must not put a stop to the wedding. The time is passing, and what is that you say of the wedding, my lad? Do you suppose that the son of a Toulouse baker can marry the Pope's niece?' "'But, Master Claude—' "'Peace, boy!' and take yourself off as quickly as you can. There is no wife for you here. Dame Guillaumet, said Germain, with an imploring look. What, my daughter, my Blanche, to wed a craftsman? responded Guillaumet, touched in her turn by the foolish vanity of Master Claude. For shame, the Pope's niece must marry a lord of high degree. Blanche, will you too reject me? cried Germain in despair. But Blanche was silent. Her mother had spoken of her marrying a lord. The word had conjured up visions of grandeur. And she at once began to imagine herself as a great lady, with troops of valets and pages, mounting a fair steed, hawking or chasing the deer, pleasures which she had always coveted. She no more than the others gave any token of sympathy. And... She suffered the unhappy Germain to go without one word of consolation. In vain did the young man renew his pleas. 
But the answer was always, "What are you dreaming of? Marrying the Pope's niece, forsooth!" At last, despairing of success and overwhelmed with sorrow and disappointment, the poor lad opened the door and rushed into the street. Where he was quickly lost among the crowd of neighbors and friends who had come to assist at the wedding. Tomorrow, the conclusion of our story. Thank you for joining us on Stories from the Heart. Today's story, Part One of the Pope's Niece, was from the book of the same title and translated from the French. For a copy of this or any of my stories, email Sandra at AveMariaRadio.net. Stories from the Heart is recorded in the studios of Ave Maria Radio. I'm Sandra McDevitt. May God bless the rest of your day. Missed a show? Not sure if it came from Ave Maria Radio? Go to AveMariaRadio.net. A list of shows and hosts are there. And if you find the show you're looking for, you can hear the whole thing again by going through the Ave Maria Radio audio archives. For two years, we've recorded nearly every show from Ave Maria Radio. Just click on the audio archives message located at the center of our homepage. Now you even have more reasons to become a radioactive Catholic by going to AveMariaRadio.net.